702 Healthy Lifestyle. We're taking your calls this afternoon. It is World Diabetes Month and we're putting diabetes under the spotlight. And I think there can never be enough awareness. We talk about diabetes a lot, but when you look at the numbers that are anticipated, it suggests that we're still not making the right lifestyle choices. A figure that was 14.2 million in 2015 um, is now uh, suggested that uh, uh, we're reaching a pandemic because it's expected that uh, we will have an increase of about 20 million people in 2040, rather, uh, 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 living with uh, diabetes across the continent. So an increase of 20 million, bringing it up to 34.2 million uh, diabetic patients on the continent. So yes, there are improvements. Maybe the standards of living are improving, but we're also then uh, bringing about these lifestyle diseases such as diabetes. So we'll take your questions. Um, uh, If you do suffer from diabetes, we're joined by Dr. Marlon McKay, and he joins us on the line. He's a general practitioner at Goldman Medical Center. Good afternoon, Marlon. A pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you very much. Thank you, and thanks for having me. So sh- do you agree with this level of concern about um, the, the numbers of uh, patients being diagnosed with diabetes? Oh, absolutely. I Personally, I think that uh, we should have World Diabetes Day every day. Wow. Diabetes is a major, major concern. It's something we see in practice every day. More and more patients are being diagnosed with diabetes. And if you look at the complications of, of diabetes, it's, it's horrendous. Um, in fact, with the last stats that were released in February, diabetes is now, just in South Africa, the second highest cause of death after tuberculosis. Jeez, wow. So that's, that's, those are staggering statistics. And, um, and we are not paying enough attention to diabetes as a disease and even the complications related to diabetes. Right. And is what makes it worse the fact that uh, type 2 diabetes accounts for a bulk of the cases? Yes. So, so essentially we can divide diabetes into three types. Okay. Type 1, which is usually younger folk. Uh, this is an autoimmune condition, has nothing to do with lifestyle, mm. um, and they require insulin. There's an absolute insulin deficiency. Type 2 makes up 90%, as you mentioned, and this is lifestyle-related, mm-hmm. related to family history, being overweight and sedentary lifestyle, so we don't exercise enough and you tend to eat badly. Mm-hmm. And the third small portion is diabetes or um, elevated sugar levels during pregnancy, what we call gestational diabetes. Mm-hmm. But so- the main factor is this type 2 diabetes and it, it takes a minute of your time to have that test and and can make the diagnosis which can mean the difference literally between life and death because as i said earlier late presentation or late diagnosis means established complications and the complications of diabetes which you see every day mm. are not very pleasant you know um, patients lose limbs for your calls and questions around diabetes as November is World Diabetes Month and joining us is a general practitioner at Goldman Medical Center, that's Dr. Marlon McKay and uh, he's been dispensing some great advice about uh, this condition. Uh, let's go to the lines now. Claire, you are in Lone Hill. Good afternoon. Hello. Um, thank you for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to know what the difference is between diabetes and insulin resistance. Because um, whenever I have my um, sugar level tested, mm-hmm. it's fine. It's at about 5.7. But I definitely have symptoms. Uh, within five minutes of eating a chocolate, for example, I get diarrhea. Too much fruit, I get diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Um, I get dizzy. Um, there's something going on. But like 
their medical aid won't even pay for an insulin resistance test because they don't recognize it. But I know my insulin is extremely high. So can you explain to me what's going on, please? Mm. All right. Can I just ask a quick question? Are you you overweight? My weight is, no, 48, 49 kilos. Yeah. And I'm so, five foot one. Okay. Yeah, so there's, look, there's no, there's, there's very little chance of you being insulin resistant. Let me tell you, by definition, insulin resistance is this gray area where between, where, where between your sugar is normal mm-hmm. versus you are diabetic. So in other words, your sugar is not high enough to be diagnosed as diabetic, ah. but also not low enough to be normal. So we talk about impaired glucose tolerance. So you're not able to tolerate the glucose load. And these patients are classically have all the risk factors. Family history of diabetes, very overweight, but not yet diagnosed as diabetes. So they still have insulin, but the insulin is not working well enough to get rid of the elevated sugar levels after the meal. So we call that insulin resistance. We don't really like doing insulin blood tests. That's why the medical aid is on it. But it's generally in the context of someone who is overweight, almost like a pre-diabetic condition. If your weight is 48 kilos, there is no chance, virtually no chance that you are insulin resistant. There is mm-hmm. something else going on. It's probably a gastrointestinal problem rather than an insulin metabolism problem, Claire. Claire? So, so how, how do, uh, that, uh, that's where I'm going round and around with doctors because no one seems to be able to give me a diagnosis yeah. and I don't I know what to do. But yes. to have um, diarrhea every single day yes. is not normal. Your GP needs to refer you to a gastroenterologist. All right. Great. Claire, do do that. And thank you for the call. Um, Here's another one. Um, It says that today is World Pancreatic Cancer Day. What is the link with uh, pancreatic cancer and diabetes? There's there's not really a link between the two. The only link is the common organ. So remember, the pancreas has alpha cells and beta cells. The beta cells are responsible for production of insulin. Mm-hmm. And when these beta cells are damaged because of being overweight and insulin resistance, this is what leads us to becoming diabetic. Okay, so it's in the functioning and the production of, of beta the, cells. Uh, That's the link. But um, cancer and diabetes are not really linked per se through the pancreas. And pancreas is unfortunately one of those cancers that are very, very difficult to detect early enough and can happen in anybody. Mm -hmm. And usually by the time of diagnosis, it's quite late. And these patients have a poor prognosis and not not much long uh, in terms of time to live. Right. But diabetes doesn't lead to pancreatic cancer or the other way around. Or the other way. Fantastic. Let's go to Luke next in Reimser. Hello, Luke. Uh, Hi there. Hi. Hi. I just wondered, uh, doctor, what's the relation between meat and diabetes, if any? Um, red meat. Red, yeah. So, so, so meat is protein. The enemy of diabetes is carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. So we don't, we don't really have uh, fuss much about protein intake or meat intake per se. Um, there are some one or two studies that are quite controversial, but essentially what leads to weight gain is the excess carbohydrates, and especially refined carbs that we take in that leads to weight gain. So the excess calories that comes from that leads to weight gain insulin resistance, and then development of type 2 diabetes. All right. But uh, so the, the, the protein isn't a, a factor, it's as you said. No, Mo- no. Mostly carbohydrates. Carbohydrates. Yeah. carbohydrates. All right. There you have it, Luke. Right. Okay. Because, I mean, we are seeing a lot of studies and, and a lot of 
information to say that meat is actually a big cause of a lot of the lifestyle diseases we're seeing. But whenever we hear from medical experts, meat doesn't seem to come up much. Um, is there a reason for this? Yeah, again, most of the big, the big studies and the, and the very robust studies with good data mm-hmm. point to carbohydrates as the main culprit Mm-hmm. in the development and in the pathogenesis of type 2 diabetes. Right. So meat may have its own problems, but as far as we are concerned, it's not a major factor in the development of diabetes. And I think that's, that's the main discussion that we're having now. Yes, absolutely. So let's look at solutions then. Um, some of the things and interventions that we need to, to or changes that we need to make um, in order to, if we are pre-diabetic or if we have been diagnosed, how to better manage the condition. Yeah, so I think just in terms of prevention, everything must start today. And I think the big message that for me, the important thing for me is it starts with us and it starts with our kids because we're having an epidemic of obese children and obese children become obese adults and obese adults become type 2 diabetic. Mm-hmm. So if, if there's one thing we need to do is prevent our kids from becoming obese. And this is through bad eating, excessive screen time, our kids are no longer playing this instant gratification with food and junk food and sugar sweets and beverages, point number mm-hmm. one. Number two, if we are at risk in terms of family history, lifestyle, the way we eat, we need to change our lifestyles drastically. If we are diabetic, we still need to do that, and then we need to be educated about diabetes and get intimately involved with knowledge about medication. And this is where the doctor, we as GPs come in. Mm-hmm. Going on to medication, which starts with oral medication and working, there's a whole strategy, algorithm in terms of how we manage it, and being compliant with medication. Yes. This is not something that you can choose whether you want to take it or not. This is not something that you can decide in the morning, well, I feel okay today, I'm not going to take my medication. Mm. We need to be very, very faithful and compliant with our medication in order to prevent complications, and that's the main thing. We don't want to end up a diabetic without a leg or two legs or being blind or the stroke heart attack. Right. Yeah, I mean, the sight one uh, touches my heart because uh, there was a neighbor who was diagnosed and just didn't make the lifestyle changes, carried on drinking, um, carried on eating in a similar way, and then just one day was blind, you know, lost the sight, his sight. And uh, then his quality of life really deteriorated after that because of uh, not having help around the, the, the house. So it, it's a very real thing. As you say, some of the consequences can really impact uh, uh, your well-being in a huge way. Uh, there's some questions, very specific ones. Tabo says, I'm confused about oats. Is it good or bad if you have type 2 diabetes? Okay, so, so generally, especially for raw oats, it's not that bad. The problem with oats sometimes comes in when we start putting sugar in there. Yes. You know, and so anything with sugar, excess sugar is fine. As long as the oats is as, as raw and as natural as possible, I don't have a problem with that. Mm-hmm. So it's what we so add can, to it. The yes, milk and yes, the, the, the sugar. Yes. The and of course, it also depends on, on your sugar control. The doctor has informed you that, look, your, your HbA1c, your overall sugar control is not as good as it should be. Then you should also be just more circumspect with, with what, we, what we are eating and start counting the calories and monitoring the sugar intake. The, mm-hmm. the labels, the food labels, nutritional labels are so important when you have diabetes. Hmm. Uh, here's a specific one from Mike saying, if a person is on insulin, um, are you di- is are you a diabetic? Is it one or two? He says. Okay, so so generally, t- every type one diabetic, uh, the first one I mentioned, the younger one, mm-hmm. autoimmune condition, they are absolutely dependent on insulin. They can only use insulin. Type two diabetics, we start off with tablets, 
And as the diabetes uh, progresses or if the sugar control is not adequate enough on oral medication, in other words on pills only, then in step three or step four, we then introduce insulin to help with diabetes. So not every, every single type one must be on insulin, but not every single type two diabetic will be on insulin. Right, but and usually I, there comes a time when they will require it. Yes, and I guess it's important to uh, have a good open relationship with your doctor who will obviously be, help to manage the condition once it's been diagnosed. Absolutely, and it's a negotiation. In the old days, insulin was always regarded as some sort of punishment. You know, you're a bad diabetic, you're naughty, right. so I'm going to give you these needles and you're going to be forced to prick yourself and take this insulin. Whereas insulin is a negotiation and it's a, usually a natural progression of the disease mm. which necessitates the switch to to, to insulin. All right, let's squeeze this one in quickly. Rufilo says, please ask the doctor if giving a child white bread three times a week for lunch will create a problem. Three times a week, probably not. Three but times I, a week is not. Yeah, okay. I, I still have a problem with white bread. And it depends. Is your child overweight? Is he very active? Yes. Um, you know, so three times a day, probably, probably okay. All right. So thank you so much, Manu. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me on the show. Thank you. That's Dr. Marlon McKay, GP at uh, Goldman Medical Center. As we looked at diabetes, diabetes, you need to reflect, perhaps consult your doctor if you are concerned, like Claire earlier on, um, and uh, know your numbers, as they say.